Blog Talk Radio. Again, I think uh, relief. Again, you know, for you know, we look at Al. I mean, the majority of his coaching career here has had that uh, you know sanction hanging out there and, and that cloud of uncertainty there. Um, you know, obviously the the no more bull bands. I think is is something that uh, you know is a big plus for the program, and we sat out the last two bowls and in an ACC championship, and you know credit to the people that run the bowls. I mean that's a real special experience and something that means a lot to uh, the kids in the program. And when you look at our program, you had uh, the last two groups that haven't been able to go at all, and and really you know one group that that went as as freshmen and and probably weren't a, a big part of our efforts out there in you know El Paso for the most part and. Uh, I can't uh, uh, underestimate the impact it's had on our program uh, to have two bowls, uh, to have a nine scholarship reduction, and then again the other, uh, the other um, I think sanction that isn't documented, but we all know is there is that that cloud of uncertainty that was over the program for three years and the impact that that had on our program. And so you know when you look at you know the recruiting restrictions, the scholarship reductions the uh, visit reductions, um, everything incorporated in the document, and then you add on, oh, and a cloud of uncertainty. Uh, these were real significant uh, sanctions that were, that were levied against our program. And, uh, uh, again, with that said, we're accepting of those and we're moving forward. The Miami Hurricanes moving forward, full speed ahead, amid debate all across the nation, on the severity of the sanctions that were announced today by the NCAA. That was Miami Athletic Director Blake James in our exclusive interview this afternoon. I'll play it in its entirety later in tonight's show. Needless to say, it was a day of great joy in Coral Gables as the Miami Hurricanes learned that there would not be any appeals or lawsuits necessary, that the two bowl bans that they have served are enough, and that the NCAA Committee on Infractions was going to let them out of jail as former booster Nevin Shapiro stews in his own jail cell about a plan that's gone astray. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Kane Sport Live. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we're once again getting ready to embark on the fastest two hours in Hurricane Sports. As always, NCAA or no NCAA, this is your show, and it's going to be driven by your participation. We have more than 50 phone lines available for your calls tonight, and I'm sure lots of you want to discuss the NCAA decision, the whole process in general, the debate going on all over the country, and what went down with today's announcement. As always, the call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. Um, for anybody that missed it today, essentially the Miami Hurricanes will have no more bowl bans attached to the two that they've already self-imposed. They must relinquish nine scholarships in football over the next three years, and we'll talk a little bit more about that because right now Miami has not used really more than nine scholarships this year, and we'll talk a little bit about how they're going to have discussions with the NCAA because they have done this in anticipation of sanctions Nobody knew that this process was going to take as long as it has, and my guess is the Hurricanes are going to try to get the NCAA to give them credit for some of the scholarships that they've self-imposed, so to speak, this year. We'll talk about that as the show continues. 
They also must relinquish three scholarships in basketball over the next three years. And if that number doesn't sound really big to anybody, think again. Basketball actually got hit harder in this deal than football. When you're talking about three scholarships, that's almost a quarter of the team that's going to be lost in the next three years. That is a significant loss for basketball. I'm sure they're not very happy about it in the U.M. basketball offices. But again, not much they're going to be able to do about it. It's going to stick. Miami is not going to appeal any of this penalty. They feel they were dealt with very fairly. In addition today, we found out that former assistant coaches Clint Hurt, Aubrey Hill, and George Fernandez were given two-year show causes. Missouri coach Frank Haith, the former Canes head coach, was told that he has to sit out five games this year for failing to meet his responsibilities as a head coach when he did not monitor the activities of his assistants and he attempted to cover up the booster's threats to disclose incriminating information, the booster being Nevin Shapiro. Now, let me tell you something. I'll tell you flat out, that's a bunch of baloney, okay? Frank Haith knew, forget about him monitoring the activities of his assistant coaches. Frank Haith was in the middle of the whole thing. The NCAA just could not get the assistants to testify against Frank Haith and could not prove a lot of the things they wanted to prove in that situation. They wanted to do way more than give Frank Haith a five-game suspension, but in the end, Based on what they could prove, five games is all they could justify. The Miami program will also be on three years of probation. The report labeled Miami as lacking institutional control, but the NCAA gave the Hurricanes credit for an unprecedented level of self-sanctions, which included two bowl bans and last year's ACC championship game. That's something a lot of people around the country are forgetting very conveniently. And, you know, you, you, could, you could be objective, unobjective, you know, whatever you want. But when you make kids sit home from two bowl games and an ACC championship game, kids who had absolutely nothing to do with anything in this case, that is a significant panel criticizing it around the country, need to detach from their own biases and look at the human level of this situation. And those kids that are playing football for Miami that have had to sit home for the last two years, and it would have been criminal if they tried to make him sit home for a third year. Miami would have appealed if that were the case, but as we said, that was not necessary. Um, the Hurricanes were cited for improperly monitoring the activities of Shapiro, the men's football and basketball coaching staff, student athletes, and prospects for the past for a total for a decade in total. Um, the allegations that originally involved around 80 individuals really only involved around 30 in the end based on what the NCAA was able to prove. And I know a lot of people have been talking about this Randy Phillips article that came out yesterday where Randy Phillips said it was all true. And you know what? If you're sitting here today and you're being honest, you know that a lot of it was true. But the bottom line was this entire episode was problematic from the day it began. Because when Nevin Shapiro went to Yahoo Sports and laid all that garbage his just emptied the whole thing out on the table for reporter Charles Robinson to work on. He, he put an incredible amount of pressure on the NCAA, and there was no way that they were going to they were going to be able to approve to, to prove all of those allegations. And the pressure of trying to do so essentially buried the NCAA in this case and made them make a litany of mistakes that made the whole case crumble to the point where you know Miami, at the end of the day has very modest and fair sanctions. There's no death penalties. There's no you know, multiple sanctions going forward. I thought it was a very fair compromise and resolution based on all the circumstances. I commend the NCAA for handling it properly at the end. 
Um, many, many issues that we'll discuss tonight in, involved in this situation. We'll talk about that perception nationwide that Miami got off easy. We'll talk about the role of NCAA staff misconduct. We'll talk about how basketball being hit harder than football. We'll talk about how the NCAA chose to go harder on the individual coaches in this case as opposed to the institution. We'll talk about the reason for all of the delays that had Miami sitting for all these months waiting for a final decision. Um, we'll play for you a soundbite from today's media teleconference where Britton Banowski, the head of the Committee of Infractions, was challenged for the NCAA's use of scholarships as penalties in infraction cases about how this Miami case, for example, is taking $600,000 plus of free education away from the youth of let's, – let's just say the youth of South Florida who make up the, the, the majority of scholarships at Miami for football who now – those nine scholarships will not be able to be used over the next three years, and those kids will not be able to go to Miami. And there's breaking news tonight in Louisville where Cardinal Athletic Director Tom Juris has stood up and said that Louisville is going to stand behind former Miami assistant Clint Hurt, who's been on the Louisville staff for the last four years, and he's going to continue to be employed on Charlie Strong's staff at Louisville despite the two-year show cause that he was given today by the NCAA. It's a huge gamble by Louisville, but I give Tom Juris a lot of credit because Clint Hurt has worked his butt off for that program for the last four years, and I know Miami fans are mad at him, that he made some mistakes when he was the recruiting coordinator here. He's admitted to them. He's taken his, his poison. Okay, but the bottom line is, all that aside, he has been a backbone of Louisville's rise in college football. They should have stuck by him, and they did. We'll have Jurch sound for you tonight, as well as Clint Hurt sound bites for you to listen to in that breaking news situation. But right now, the phone lines are lit up, as you could expect. we got Hurricane fans all over the country who want to talk NCAA, the number is 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. We are going to start tonight in the 256, where you are now live on Sport Live. What's up, Big Gary? What's going on? All right, this is the Kaniac, and it's All right, a Kaniac. hell of a day for Kane football. Well, you know, it's funny how this thing turns into a celebration, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, it's time to celebrate. We have put up and heard so much over these last two and a half years, and it ain't just from the NCAA. It's been all the other media outlets. It's been fans from across the nation. I live in Alabama, so you can imagine what all I've heard, you know, I mean, because they hate Miami. But with Joe Shad, when he done his um, – show on ESPN College Football Live today. He has completely misled the whole nation again because every allegation that was uh, charged against Miami from Nevin Shapiro, he read every bit of that on TV today like Miami was convicted of all that. Do you know what Miami was convicted of? Does anybody have a list what Miami was convicted of? Yeah, so it's a hundred. It's a hundred and two-page document. <laughs> okay, so I don't oh, think we okay. want to start trying. To, I don't think we're going to start trying to read it on on tonight's show. No, no, uh, no. But I, I mean, uh, just anybody anybody what... that does want to read it, by the way, it, it's posted on teensport.com. It's been there all day. If you go, um, and I'll give you the headline of the story here in a minute. But yeah. if you go on the the first story that we posted this morning that reported on the on the um, the sanctions 
there's a link there to the full report. Anybody that wants to read it can go read all the gory details of all the charges, what they were able to prove, what they weren't able to prove, and, and get fully educated on the deal. Well, I know Joe Shad. He sure had a list, and, I mean, it was just like pretty much all the stuff that, I mean, was just came out in that Yahoo article. But, I mean, you know, going forward with the recruiting, I mean, we got this guy today, Weiss, which he's going to be a big-time player for us at a big position to need where we had to get some maturity to come in from what we're going to be losing. And, I mean, it was just as soon as this news comes out, and like boom, you know, we get this guy right here. He said he hadn't heard that news yet, but it's just a matter of time for the rest of them fall in place. I think we close out strong. We hold our top five um, as far as the recruiting ranking, and it's just, I mean, it's cane football is coming back strong, and it's going to be a lot faster than people people thought. I mean, the NCAA's worst nightmare through all this is to see Miami win another national championship, and that was exactly going to happen. We'll you know what? I'm, I'm going to be honest. Six. I'm going to be honest with you, and I, and I don't know your first name, so I'll just call you Kane. Um, all right, Rick, I'll be honest with you. I don't think that's true. I, I, I really don't. I don't think the university, um, the NCAA, considers it in their best interest for the University of Miami to struggle. College football as a whole is better when the Miami Hurricanes are good. Uh, TV ratings are up, interest levels are up, excitement is up. The Miami Hurricane football program, the brand of the U, is a good thing for college football. I don't think that's the case at all. I think in this situation, this whole episode fell on the lap of the NCAA. You can't blame them for, for really for one second. You know, it's their job to investigate these things. Nevin Shapiro came to them. They didn't go to Nevin Shapiro. Where, where it broke down for the NCAA was the pressure created by that Yahoo Sports report and the sensational details that were contained within put, just made it impossible for them to, to, to be successful in their investigation because they weren't going to be able to prove 75% of that stuff. Hurricane, former Hurricane players, with all respects to Randy Phillips, we're not going to turn on other former Hurricane players. Yeah, not a, not I mean, wholesale. I mean, you'll you'll have a few disgruntled guys that 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 obviously did, but not wholesale. They're not going to, and that's why the NCAA ran into problems and got desperate in its investigation because those people that were tasked with trying to prove all the things that were accused had an impossible job, and they became desperate. Yeah, I mean, you know, us diehard fans, Gary, that that are, you know, members of these sites, all know that. We all know that Kane football is good for um, college football, but the 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 most of the nation could care less if Kane football is oh, good that's for not college true football either. as a whole. That is, that is not and, true either. No, no, wait a minute, Rick. That is not true either. When my oh. on television, the ratings are at their highest. You know, people might, you know, they might be, Miami might be the Oakland Raiders of college football, but people love to watch Miami play football. Oh, we draw attention. There's no doubt about that one now. I mean, good or bad. I mean, but I, I still say that, you know, if the, we're, all, we're all happy the way this turned out, okay? If the NCAA would have slammed us today, I mean, you know, there, there's no way that you would be saying that the NCAA – was there for Miami or to help us in college football. I mean, we're, we can say that now that it's all behind us, okay? It's closure, it's everything. But now, 
I mean, cane football is going to take off, and especially in South Florida. I mean, the kids that we've lost head-to-head battles with, this right here, I mean, our 2015 class, I look for to, to just take off, I mean, just like a rocket. And yep. if we come through in two weeks, you know what's going to happen. I mean, yep. Yep. Miami's going to It's just a matter of evaluation, It's all evaluation. You know, picking the right players. All right, buddy. Well, I sure appreciate just letting me get my chance to vent on here, Gary, and um, be listening for the rest of it. All right, Rick. Thanks for calling. All right, now let's shoot out to the um, the five one five, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hello. Hello, you with Gary. Us? Yeah, there you are. How you doing? I'm doing good. I, I this was the second week in a row that uh, it brought me on. I never hit uh, I never hit one. But anywho, um, this is Skibby Skibby. Um, hey Skibby. First, uh, you know, I want to eat some crow. Last night, I was, you know, getting a little bit worried with the timing of the NCAA, you know, announcement, thinking that, uh, you know, they were going to pull a fast one on us and and uh, hit us harder than we were all expecting. So, you know, I was wrong, and I uh, got no problem eating crow, and the crow never tasted so good. Um, <laughs> well, nobody knew. You know, nobody knew what, what the end result were. You know, we've speculated on it for about a year. I mean, it, what happened, I mean, you know, you're on our board every day. You know that what happened was what I said was going to happen and what and what I felt was going to happen. But, you know, I didn't know 100% for sure. I had a pretty good feel for it because, I had, you know, I do have a lot of sources and, and people that I can lean on and, and speak to. But, you know, nobody really, really 100% knew for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you were pretty much spot on. I think what came as a pleasant surprise was the fact that they didn't, take away any initial scholarships that they're only taking away, you know, that we're, we've got this total scholarship reduction and that we have the leeway to implement that however we please. Um, in my opinion, that's significantly better than losing three initial scholarships per year and three total scholarships. Well, and, and like I said earlier, you know, there, there is going to be some conversations between Miami and the NCAA because Miami has, has on its own – basically reduce their scholarship total in preparation for anything that the NCAA might do. And they're sitting right now somewhere between 74 and 77 scholarships. We're not sure of the exact number because they may have given a couple to walk-ons this year um, on a one-year basis or you know something along those lines. We're not sure. But the bottom line is they are far under the 85 scholarship total. And they're going to have conversations with the NCAA. You'll hear it later when I play the Blake James interview from, from today that, that, that we had. Um, they're going to have. They're going to talk to the NCAA and, and just see how they're able to implement those reductions that they voluntarily took themselves that were not official in the case, and see if they can um, work them into um, the process as they go forward. Well, let's let's talk about that for for a second. So let, let's assume that that we only have 74 scholarship athletes on the roster right now. So we're we're under by 11. Let's say best case scenario, NCAA says all right, you guys went this entire year with more than nine scholarships cut off, and we're willing to accept that. Uh, the, the thing, the kicker there is that that limits, that limits our ability to bring in extra guys this year and apply them to last not, year's Not really. Let me class. tell you why. Let, 
Not a lot. Not a ton. Okay. Not a ton. Let me let me tell you why. If you're at 74 okay. right now, let's say the number is 74. Um, I believe that the number of graduating seniors is 18. So that means once this season's over, they're going to be sitting at 56 by my count. Now, you know, don't hold me to this exactly because, you know, we're not privy to their workings of the numbers internally. Um, this yeah. is just us counting the roster like anybody else. But the way I look at it is they're going to be at 56 at the end of this season. Um, which even if you work off of 82 is 20, let's see, that's, that would be 26 scholarships, 26 guys they could bring in um, and still stay under those three. So, you know, there are 26 commitments right now. So I think that they're going to have to get, you know, some judgments from the NCAA on, on where they are and what they have left. Obviously, you know, you might have a junior or two that might leave. You might have um, – you know, there's always drop-offs from the roster, kids that aren't playing, that want to go play somewhere else, transfer, you know, those kind of things every year. Um, so I don't think we know right now where the exact number on this recruiting class is going to come in. Uh, but there's no question they're going to bring in some kids at midterm and count them backwards. How many, we don't know yeah. yet. Well, that's going to be interesting to see play out. Um, anywho, uh, that's all I guess I have impromptu. Can you just put me back on, on mute, on hold? Yeah, we will. All right, thanks, Gibby. Thanks. thanks for calling. Okay, let's go out now to the uh, 770, where uh, you are now live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Hello? Gary? This is uh, Gary. Yes, sir. Hello? Yes, sir. Gary? Yeah, yep. this is Steve from, from Southridge. What's hey, going how on? are you? We're doing good. I'm how are you doing? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I think I think with that uh, first caller from Alabama, let me touch on him first. I think what he was trying to say was when you watch ESPN and you watch the, the people on there, the, the guys who do the shows, the college game day shows and all of college football live and the experts, they don't give you the opinion that they think Miami is um, um, good for college football. It seems like they be wanting us to get, to get – um, Whooped every chance we can, and it seems like they wanted us to get penalized. And when I watched ESPN, when they uh, was giving Penn State the scholarship reduction, it seemed like they was happy, you know, and all of them was like the NCAA was wrong for doing what they did to Penn State. When Penn State president, the um, athletic director, the head coach, they covered up a bunch of little kids getting raped on their campus. And they had even the, I don't know how many, you know, if they killed the police or not, but it's crazy for them to feel that way about that and want us for something that a convicted felon who stole $985 million, a con man, essentially, who pretty much probably conned everybody around there, they feel a lot different about that. And I think that's what he was talking about. But I'm just happy um what we at today, and I'm not going to try to worry about all the hate that's going on out there with the people um, upset about us getting off. They weren't upset when Ohio State got one year. They weren't upset when Florida State didn't get anything. They weren't upset when Ohio, I mean, Oregon got one scholarship, and they're not crying about Alabama. USA Today had a report two weeks ago about Alabama being dirty, and ain't nobody crying about that. So we might as well move on and hope we went out. And the more we win, the better it's going to get for the program. Thank you. Kick well, me on hold so I can listen. Oh, well, I'm going to listen oh, okay. to you. Go ahead. Not, not a problem. I'll, I'll, I'll do that for you. Um, Go ahead and respond. Let me hear you. 
Well, here's what I would say. You know, I, I think we have to be fair. I mean, let, 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 you know, yes, all these columnists and broadcasters around the country are, are all lining up and, and saying that these, these sanctions are, are, are too basic and too easy and not, not enough and the, whole, and the whole thing. But, you know, let's be fair. You know, they're basing it on what they've read themselves. And anybody who is not a Miami fan who looked at that initial report where all of those allegations were laid out one by one with detail, with phone records, um, all the documentation that was involved, and all the wild tales involving prostitutes and nights out at the clubs and restaurants and boat rides on Biscayne Bay and, and all the ug- other ugly you know, garbage that was in there. Anybody who's not a Miami fan who's reading that is saying, oh my God, I've never seen anything like this in life. They are going to get yeah. the death penalty. Okay? Yeah, everybody had to be saying that. Okay? Yeah. And, and, and they had every reason to. So I, I think we got to like, you know, I, I, I think people that, are, that understand this from the Miami viewpoint, I mean, I've been around this program 30-something years. I mean, you know, uh-huh. I think you know if you're on our website, I, I'm objective when it, when, when it costs for being objective. If, 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 if a game doesn't go right or a player doesn't play well or a coach has a bad day or something, I'm always the first one there on the front line ready to talk about it, you know, give an opinion about it and everything. But, but this is not, you know, even though there have been times when there have been renegade activities, um, you know, going back to the, the U-documentary and, and certainly this Nevin Shapiro fiasco would qualify under that category. At the same time, this is not a rogue institution. You know, there, there aren't people sitting in there in the Hex Center saying, you know, let's cheat to the max on the, on the NCAA and no. try to get competitive advantages, okay? You know, no. it, it's just not like that. Now, you have a lot of people in this deal that made a lot of mistakes, and they got caught up in this guy's money, and he snake-charmed them and, and, and um, you know, reeled them in, so to speak, and all those other things, and, and it was all wrong. Yeah. No question about it. Um, but I think you've got to give the benefit of the doubt to people around the country that only know what they've read, and it was pretty sensational stuff. Yeah, but Gary, this is this this is where they lose me at. You know what I'm saying? I, I thought we were gonna get the death penalty. I was you know, I was you know, I was floored by what they were saying, but then again, you know, when I watched Ohio State um with Terrell Pryor and uh, you know, if he was driving a fifty thousand dollar car in, in front of the NCAA and the rest of them kids, just imagine what all they got away with that the NCAA and dig up, and they just let them off with a year, you know. And the whole, the whole thing, the, the whole scam of they, what was going on at Ohio State never came out. They just hurried up, gave them a year, and swept it under the rug. And how many scholarships they lost? Did they lose any? Um, you know. You know, you know, I can't. I don't remember the exact penalty to be honest. And then the same thing with Penn State. It, it's just the way they, the way you know. I thought it was. Dirty, but when after I started watching all the these schools get in trouble, and the NCAA just slapping them slapping them on the wrist, I expected us to get slapped on the wrist. And so I don't I don't want to hear all that whining out of these folks. You know they weren't whining about the other people getting off. You know so they need to shut up and let's <laughs> just play football. You know <laughs> you get me. I got you. All right, I'm going to put you on hold so you can listen to the show as long as you want um, on your phone there, and um, and we're going to move on to the next call. Um, let's shoot out now to the 347. 
where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's going on, man? This is Kwame. Hey, what's up, Kwame? How you doing tonight? I am, uh, I got to tell you, I'm feeling damn good, man. It's been, I have, I'm best friends with a Florida State fan and an Ohio State fan. I, I've been having to, not just these past three years since the sanctions were, like the pending sanctions were uh, coming down the pipeline, but over the past, you know, since the COVID years when, we, you know, we started coming, in my opinion, coming on a decline, I've had to hear the constant, you know, ridicule and smite laid down by these people. And this was, you know, really the first day that I can say, stick my middle finger up and say, to hell with you and to hell with you. We're on our way back. We, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We can see it, you know, especially for, you know, those 2015, 2016 guys. They, you know, those schools like Florida and Florida State and Georgia, they can't come down to our backyard anymore and, and negative recruit against us with speculation because we are, everybody knows what it is now. So I'm just, as a Kane fan, I've been a Kane fan since I was 18 years old watching James Jackson in the backfield. Uh, I really enjoy just the camaraderie that the school has. And I'm from Brooklyn, New York. There's not a big college football presence in, in New York City. And I gravitated towards Miami. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, ABC spotlighted a Florida State, you know, Miami game. It was one of the wide right games, and I was hooked. And um, since then, I've been, you know, following along. I got introduced to you when you had your magazine, and now you're online. And I just want to give credit to all the Canes fans who, you know, stuck around for all these years of turmoil when we really didn't know whether or not we were going to have a program in 2011 based on the sensationalized pieces that came out of Yahoo Sports. I mean, a lot of us were, you know, <laughs> giving flowers to the AD, you know, talking about how good it was in 2001 when we actually had a squad. But, you know, now I, I really feel uh, that this coaching staff, um, these players, I, I'm actually pretty excited to see what they do on the field. And now I've got off my soapbox, I have two questions. First is uh, Wake Forest. I saw them play uh, against uh, UVA, and they look pretty damn good. I'm wondering... Uh, as far as the offense is concerned, what things have you seen in our offense that would give our defense some problems? Because this is a trap game. Uh, I don't want the players to be looking ahead to November 2nd, getting a big head about it. And speaking of November 2nd, and my second question is, what recruits are going to be there? What have you heard tangentially from uh, what this ruling has um, you know, uh, with, the, with the ruling out now and the players finally knowing what the end game is and knowing that, you know, you will be able to play in December uh, and January. But I, I believe the bowl games are in December, right? Uh, yeah, a lot of them are. Well, There's some in Jan- obviously I, I, some in January, too. Yeah, well, possibly January, depending on how the season goes. But yeah, if they keep if definitely winning, they're going to be playing in January. <laughs> yeah, definitely so. But what are you hearing from the recruits? And strength of schedule. That's my third question. Uh, strength of schedule. So Wake Forest recruiting for the Florida State game based on what you've heard from 
the NCAA sanctions and how that's affecting recruiting. And um, strength of schedule. Well, damn, I'm getting so excited. I got, I'm getting strength lost. Strength of schedule. I got you. Oh, no, I, I got you back. Don't worry. All right, let me hit strength the, of schedule. Um, yeah, I got you. Um, all right, strength of schedule. I don't think it's going to be a huge problem. You got to look. If you look forward, you're looking at playing potentially Florida State two more times and Virginia Tech once. That's three teams that right now one has zero losses, one has one loss. I think strength of schedule is going to come out pretty good by the end of the day. Um, so, you know, how it's going to compare to the who's up else is up there, like Ohio State or Oregon or, or, or whatever, I, I think it's too early to even get you know hooked into that because we don't know what's going to happen with those other teams. Um, November 2nd in Tallahassee, you're going to have a ton of prospects up there. Trust me, I, I, almost hmm. every elite football player in the state of Florida is going to want to go to that game. It's going to be a massive event, prime time in Tallahassee. And, and, do we already you know, do we already know we have the prime time ABC game? Has that already been announced? Yes, that, that is correct. Um, oh Miami boy. will not be able to talk to the recruits up there now, but they're going to be watching mm. Miami. You can, you, can, mm. um, you can bet the ranch on that. Now, in, in terms of the Wake Forest game this weekend, I can't tell you about Wake Forest. I'm going to be totally honest. I've been totally engrossed since Friday in this NCAA story when I first got wind on Friday afternoon that the paperwork had been prepared and was ready to go. And the only question was going to be the decision on Monday morning uh, whether to make the announcement now or, or, or wait till after the season. And I have been totally engrossed in that since Friday. I worked it through the weekend, Monday, today. I have not watched one second of Wake Forest. I cannot tell you anything about them other than the fact that I agree with you. They have played well at times this year, even though they're not on TV very much, so we don't get to see them playing well. Um, I know Al Golden has a lot of respect for them as a dangerous football team. He he basically has shut down the camp. No players were allowed to talk this week. No coaches were allowed to talk. That was um, after Monday, they, he canceled his press conference today. Coach Golden canceled his press conference tomorrow. He doesn't want to talk about the NCAA. He wants the entire program focused on Wake Forest, and he's just blocked it all off from the outside. And, um, you know, he does He does have a lot of respect for Wake Forest, and, you know, they, they want to make sure they don't have a letdown game on Saturday. Exactly. And Steven has to get back on track. That North Carolina game was intolerable. I, I don't know if he's feeling the jitters or, or whether or not his, his mechanics are a little off because of his ankle, but he hasn't been slinging the ball this season like he did the last four or five games of last season. And well, maybe – go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say I think that there's a lot of factors, you know, going on there with Steven. I mean, he, he's had the injury issues. I, don't, I think the offensive line, even though they've played spectacular at times, has been a little erratic at other times. He's, he's being hit a lot, under a lot of pressure, having to scramble. Um, you know, the, the consistency in pass protection has not been what I'm sure the coaches would like it to be and what Stephen Morris would obviously like it to be. And, and I think, you know, when you take all that into consideration with the fact that he's a senior, um, he knows the NFL scouts are watching him. He got a lot of preseason hype. I think there were over 40 scouts at the North Carolina game last week. And, you know, he knows that. He knows they're watching him. And I think it might be playing with his head a little bit. He might be pressing a little, trying to do too much. And he's got to get that under control, and he's got to do it quick because, you know, Miami is going to need Stephen Morris at the top of his game to compete or beat Florida State and Virginia Tech. And um, they're running out of time. You know, they need him to get back to being the Stephen Morris that he can be. Now, speaking of Florida State and Virginia Tech, and this is my last point, uh, I guess question slash point, uh, and, I, and 
Barb, and forgive me, but I, I'm just have to go there. I'm, I'm a Giddy Kane fan right now, so I'm going to go there if they run the table, you know, because I really do believe that the Florida game with a snowball effect, if they if they take care of it, like they should against a Wake Forest team, and they go into Tallahassee, and, and I really well, they're ranked number two now in the BCS. Uh, Stanford and UCLA have to get it on. And then Oregon has to play, at some point has to play Stanford and I think another ranked team, but I don't remember who they were. Um, if they go into Tallahassee and they knock off Florida State, and then the following week they beat a ranked tech team and they run the table, can that team make it to the championship game? Who is keeping uh, yes. uh undefeated Miami team out of the BCS championship? Well, it'll depend on how, you know, it'll depend on who they're matched against at the end, you know, whether it's Oregon or Ohio State. Um, you know, we don't really know yet. Obviously, I, I Alabama, don't even put Ohio State in that, in that conversation. They play nobody. I understand. So, I mean, Miami should come out ahead of them in strength of schedule in the computers. No argument. But we don't really know any of this right now, and it's way premature. You know, let's wait. Let's see what happens against Florida State and Virginia Tech, and then let's circle back in a few weeks on this subject. Um, You know, I just don't see any sense in talking about that tonight because it's all speculative. speculative. All right, Kwame? Thanks so much, Gary. All right, thank you so much. Call us again next week. All right, let's shoot out now. Um, to the 678, where um, you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? Still with us? All right, he was on hold for a while. He might have, he might have packed it in. Um, let's try the, uh, the 305 now, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How you doing? How you doing? Thanks for holding on for so long. No, no problem, man. Um, Okay, so I have three questions, all right? I'll make it quick. Uh, one is, how is the, are, are some of the recruiting restrictions that we have now going to affect us? Uh, and what I mean by that is um, I read that we have um, some restrictions in, in terms of how many uh, recruits can come to, you know, how many tickets we can give away and, you also mentioned something about well, um, you speaking with recruits or something. Well, that's so normal. Those no, that's normal. Yeah. Let, let me just clarify real quick for you. When you're on the road, you're not allowed to speak to the recruits at the game. You're only allowed to speak to them at your home games. Now, the, the, the ticket thing you mentioned, which I believe will not go into effect until next season, I think that's a significant sanction, and nobody's really paying any attention to that because uh, it's kind of like buried in this whole thing and all the euphoria. But, you know, typically what happens is, is all the local kids come to almost every game, and you can leave them tickets at the gate, and they can come in and participate. It's, it's unofficial visits, um, but you can give them tickets to the game, and they come in and they eat. You know, in they have a room there where all the recruits gather before the game and eat, and then they take them out on the field to watch pregame and that sort of thing. Well, what this rule, what this uh, sanction is, is that you, they're only going to allow Miami to do that one time a season. So, like, you have a kid from Miami Northwestern or Booker T who might go to five or six Miami home games. You know, now he's only going to be allowed to go to one. <laughs> you know, the wow. next couple, I think, the next couple years. Um, so, you know, to me, that's a that's a pretty significant sanction. I mean, that's that you know that nobody really is paying much attention to. Yeah, it's, it's for two seasons. Um, I just checked my right. notes. Um, 2014 and 15, and 2015 and 16. So those two years, they're only going to be able to have kids one time. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, the second question is: the new commit, 
the big D tackle. Uh, how good is he? Because I, I haven't heard about him. So, what's your opinion in terms of uh, the, star the reports? And all that? The reports I got on him this afternoon are are glowing. He's he's a one gap nose tackle, um, probably very much in the mold of like a Renfro or Curtis Porter. Um, Really good run stopper, you know, a guy that'll be a you know first and second down kind of guy who you'll probably take out of the game on third down and in pass rush situations. Um, but with Miami losing all these guys up front this this year um, at defensive tackle Porter and Renfro, they needed to find one or two older guys that they could put in there, and um, he certainly is, would be one of them. And it's a great pickup. He's three hundred thirty pounds. He's a 330-pound yeah, nose tackle insane. that can play, and he's a junior college kid, so he's developed a little bit. It, it, it was a great pickup. It came out of nowhere. He had been committed to USC. Yeah, so the fact that he was going to USC is a good sign. Yeah. Um, okay, and then lastly, the FSU game. Okay. Um, do you – your honest opinion of being objective, do you think we, we have the talent to, to go out there and beat them? Yes. But, you know, they're going to have to play better than they've been playing. Uh, the defense is going to have to be better in the first half than it's been in some of these games this year against Florida, Georgia Tech, North Carolina. You know, you just can't keep spotting teams a half of football uh, the way they're doing and then expect to go win in Doe Campbell Stadium. Uh, so the defense is going to have to be more on its game. I think it's critical that they go after Winston. If they just sit back in zones and, and wait for him to beat himself, it's, it's going to be a long day, and Florida State's going to win going away, in my opinion. That kid is beyond his years. I've watched him now in the four or five ball games this year. I mean, he sees the field. He makes great decisions. Um, they need to speed the game up for him. They need to put pressure on him and, and make him play like a true freshman. So that's number one. And then the other thing that, to me, is critical in that game is Miami has to play physical. They must be able to run the football. If they do those two things, I think they got a great chance to win. Yeah, you're right. Um, but you know, getting the pass rush right. is something that's, that's yeah, <laughs> getting the pass <laughs> rush is something that concerns me because we didn't really we we weren't effective with that in the last game. No, you know, not at and, all. And Morris's no. play is uh, very inconsistent. Uh, I think you got to hope that there's blitz packages in, in the in the defense that have been held back that I, you know that were not used in the North Carolina game, and some of the other games this year. Um, I got to believe it's you know all hands on deck for Florida State, and, and if there's something in the playbook, it'll be used. Okay, cool. All right, well, thanks for your time, right. Gary. I appreciate it. Yep. No problem. Thanks for calling. Hope we'll hear from you again next week. All right, let's shoot out now to the um, the 404, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, how you Hello? doing, man? Doing good. Gary. How you doing? Yes, sir. I'm doing good, man. Man, it's good to uh, finally get over this cloud with uh, with those sanctions, man, to move forward. I, man, I can't even tell you how many people just just oof, just negatively say negative things about Miami, and I'm here in Atlanta, man. It's just ridiculous, man. But I, I will <laughs> tell you what. <laughs> I will tell you what. Um, just moving forward as far as recruiting, and I, I, I think I called you. I did. I called you last week about Leonard Fournette, and I'm always called Leonard Fournette because I know it's going to be a hard get. But, but I, I, as far as uh, recruiting is concerned, when you look at uh, Dalvin Cook, Fournette, and uh, uh, Kid Lane, do you think any of those kids might flip over to Miami? And actually, I don't feel great yeah. about any, any of those three kids right now. I'll tell you who I'm starting to warm up on that, that, that I think Miami might have a real chance to get. 
and that's uh, Bo Scarborough. He's, he's he's committed to Alabama right now. Um, oh, running but back. I, Big game. Okay. Yeah. That kid, that kid's a beast. He, he is a beast, okay? And he is yeah, exactly what Miami – he is exactly what they need. And yeah. Alabama's loaded with running backs, and I'm hearing that he's going to visit. And, you know, if the visit goes well and he likes it in South Florida, I would not be shocked to see that kid um, get very serious about Miami. Um, so I'm keeping mm. an eye on that one. Um, but, you know, Fournette, I think he's an Alabama or LSU kid, just being honest. Um, Lane, I'm not really sure what's up, you know, with the, with that guy. Uh, I mean, I'm not even sure how hard they're really recruiting him right now. Um, you know, we'll just have to see. Um, I, you know, I think they're still looking at Johnny Dixon. I think they're still, you know, even though it looks bleak, I think they're still looking at Travis Rudolph. Um, I don't think they've given up on those kids, obviously. Um, and I, I think that Ermin Lane right now, while still being spoken to, is sort of like just off there to the side. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I was telling a buddy of mine. I mean, he's committed to Florida also, so, you know. Oh, okay, okay. I was telling a buddy of mine, I think we are just one recruiting class away, just as far as depth. I think this class coming in, you think two? Probably two more, yeah. Two more. And I think the biggest thing is really, really moving forward, um, just trying to see who's going to be the starting. I mean, I know I'm looking ahead. I don't want to look, look ahead two, three years down the line. But just seeing, you know, after Stephen graduate, graduates, who's going to be the, the guy to step up and, and, and you know, be the QB? Because that's going to be incredibly important. Incredibly well, important. Well, I, I would have said Kevin Olsen, but Ryan Williams has really improved this year, so we'll see. That's true. That's true. That's true. Okay. Okay. So, again, you said kid from uh, uh, Bo Scarborough. He's, yeah, keep, yeah, it on, just keep, you know, keep, keep that on your radar. You know, we'll, you know, we'll have to see how that one goes, you know. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Gary. You do a great job, man. Anytime. It's great news call, about call, the things we'll follow, yeah. man. Thank you, man. Call again next week. All right. Let's shoot now to the um, – let's go to the 205, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? How you doing? Name oh, we're doing good. How you doing? I'm pretty good, man. It's how I've been a Kane fan in Birmingham, man. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness, man. <laughs> I've been getting heat for the past three years, man, talking about how the youth suck and, you know, how we beat y'all in 92, and I just tell them, give our vote in three years and we're going to be where we need to be. And it's coming, you know, my, my statement's coming true. And um, my question I got for you is, um, me personally, I don't I don't think the Florida State game will be a, a pretty tough game for us. The game that scares me the most is Virginia Tech. I think Virginia Tech has the better defense. And I think we'll be able to run the ball against Florida State. What do you, how do you feel about that? I agree. I, I think they will be able to run the ball. I think they must run the ball. Um, but I think both games are going to be very tough. I think you know Florida State is the tougher chore just because they're so explosive on offense and, and also play good defense. Virginia Tech um, has an extremely uh, solid defense, not as good on offense, even though they did have a pretty good game against North Carolina. Um, but, but I think that um, – you know, obviously, the very tough couple weeks there. And when you have to play Virginia Tech a week after Florida State, you know, you're going to get beat up in that FSU game. That's going to be a brutal, brutally uh, physical contest. And uh, it's a tough chore, man. It's a tough chore trying to beat those yeah. two teams back-to-back. I really think we have to play um, Gus against Florida State. I think he would, I think he'll be a big factor as far as weighing up yeah. down. I don't think you're going to see it. You you can't throw a true freshman who hasn't played very much into that ball game. No. 
I don't see that at all. I don't see Gus touching the field that day. I don't see him touching the field. I, I just, uh, I just think he should. I think he should be playing. I don't know if he haven't learned the playbook no, or, or he obviously is. isn't ready. You know, trust me. They, they they recruited that kid to play this year. The fact that he's not playing yeah. tells you he's not ready. Okay, okay, okay. Well, um, um, well, well, that's pretty much it, man. You know, like I watch, I listen every week, man. I enjoy your show. Uh, I look forward to. It. I was anxious about him, what you had to say about the sanctions and everything today, man. And you know, I'll be at the game November second, me and my lady. So I'm amped okay. about that, man. I think uh, my my prediction. I'm gonna jump on a limb. I think I said we're gonna win. No, 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 no. We don't want your predictions for Florida State. No, 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 no. Save that for next week. Okay. Call back. We'll okay. Call back next week. Well, next Tuesday night, we'll talk about Florida State predictions. All right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Thank. You. Yeah. All right. Let's shoot out now. Too. We're not getting into Florida State predictions tonight. No chance. All right. Let's go now to the um, the two five six. Where you're now live on Team Live. Hello. Hello, Gary. Hey, you're trying to listen to it on your speaker as well as your phone, huh? How you doing tonight? Yeah. Yeah. I, um. My uh, computer is behind the phone. But anyway, a few things that I was picking up and um, wanted to get through to you um, because I was the first caller and it caught me off guard. One of the big things on these sanctions that really came across good for us was former players still being able to come. You know, I saw that on the site where... Yes. That was a possible or uh, possibility yes. Yes, sanction that former players not being able to come. Yeah, they, and they they decided not to go there. That was so that, that, was very that is, I mean, that is huge there. Um, yep. And you know, we are like I said, we're looking for that big back. You throwing Bo Scarborough in there, I like that. I mean, this kid, I was uh, checking him out a lot at the beginning of the season because wasn't he from Alabama and moved down to Florida? In uh, the in the summer time, wasn't he from Alabama originally? Wait, who are you ta- you're talking about? Coach um, Scarborough. Yes, I believe that's correct. Yeah, and he moved down to uh, what is it, the Tampa area, where he's at now? Yes, he says okay. the uh, I am. Yeah, because Academy. I was paying a real uh, a lot of attention to him in the off season, checking him out because I know he was one of the first players. Um, before the season to commit to Alabama, and you know I watched some. Uh, video on this kid, and I'll tell you, if he's uh, warming up to Miami, Miami's got a lot to sell to him because, like you said, Alabama's got running backs. I mean, you know, it, it'd be a while before he sees the field. Yeah, there. we'll see. You know, we'll we'll see how that goes. You know, he's. It's a, I think he'll come down at some point this season and, okay. and check and things out. From, uh, um St. Thomas Aquinas, I, I've noticed that he is still uncommitted. I don't know any, much about him, but he's um, 6'2", 205, 210 to Madre London. I mean, what, what's the deal with this kid? Is he good enough for Miami? Not sure on that one. I, you know, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to have a spot in the class, to be honest with you. The numbers are getting really, really tight. Uh, they do want uh, Moten from St. Thomas on the defensive line. Um, yeah. But, no, I mean, I, if I were going to have to guess right now, I would say no on London. Okay, and then on the other part of the sanction, boy, when you told told uh, a while ago about uh, Miami will only be able to have the kids come once a year for the next two years, that's huge, Jerry. I didn't realize that one. 
Yes, it is. Miami being able to host them. Now, is that on official visits or unofficial visits? No, unofficial. They can also host them on official visits. So if they want to do it twice, one would have to be an unofficial, one would have to be an official. Okay, but so in other words, like the local kids that try to come to every home game, they will only be able to come They won't be able to do it. Correct. They won't be able to do it for the next two weeks unless they pay their own way and sit in the stands. Oh, okay. All right, well, yep. Gary, well um, on the Virginia Tech game, getting past the Florida State game, um, so, I mean, do you think Bud Foster is going to, you know, bring the kitchen sink at us if Stephen Morris is still limping? Of course, <laughs> it's going to be for the Coastal Division Championship. No matter what yeah. happens, yeah, assuming things go well against Wake Forest, and no matter what happens in Tallahassee, that Virginia Tech game is for the Coastal Division Championship. So everyone's yeah. bringing everything. Yeah. Yeah, and and for us uh, against Florida State, just like you said, there there's just no doubt that we can't let Winston get in any kind of a rhythm. I mean, you know. All right, we, let's let's talk about that next week. All right, you call. Will you call back next week and we'll talk about Winston? Oh, sure enough. You know I will, right. Gary. I appreciate next it and Tuesday have a good night. one. It's a date next Tuesday. All right, thanks All right. for calling. All right, let's see. Let's shoot out now to the um, the 908, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, can you hear me? I can hear you. You're on the air. Gary, regarding the um, the article by Charles Robinson, how come he's not getting flack from anyone? You know, he was sensationalizing a lot of those things, and I think only Jason Whitlock was going after him in a you know in a quite yeah. visible manner. Let me tell you something. I hate I hate talking about Charles Robinson because I got to talk about it honestly, and people don't like my answer, and then they start coming after me. But you know. Charles Robinson didn't do anything wrong. He he had all this junk dumped on him by Nevin Shapiro. He went and he reported it. He 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 laid out everything that he could find that he felt proved what happened. You've got people on record, including Randy Phillips, as recently as yesterday, saying that it's all true. I mean, any of us that are honest know that a great majority of it probably was true. And, you know... The NCAA really never had a chance to prove most of it and was unable to. And, it, you know, everybody should feel very fortunate and, you know, that, that this thing has turned out the way it has turned out. This could have been the ugliest enforcement case in the history of college football um, had all that stuff been proven. Um, you're not going to say Miami got off easy because they've paid stiff penalties. They've sat home from two bowl games. They've had this cloud over the program for two and a half years. They have these scholarship reductions. But I think, you know, you just got to take the the approach that this worked out fairly. <laughs> you know, Miami's come out okay. They get to move on and move forward and just try to make sure it never happens again with, with you know, I'm not going to call it a slap on the wrist because that's a matter of everyone's perspective. Um, but I think if you're a Miami fan, you've got to be happy with how this has turned out. And I think you've got to turn your attention away from Charles Robinson. Charles Robinson was just the messenger. He had nothing to do with, with, with the accusations. He had nothing to do with the sanctions. He was just the reporter that had the whole shitstorm dumped on top of him. And any reporter that had that would have written the same stories. If he could, if he could have done as good a job of reporting as Charles Robinson did, in all honesty, you know, because I've been an investigator, I've been in that seat earlier in my career, and that is no fun place to be on any investigative story trying to prove things like that. And that guy had a lot of stuff to try to document. And uh, you know, so I, I think you just got to forget, let it go, let Charles Robinson go. 
Okay, I have one uh, last question for you. As far as recruiting is going, um, especially in the state of Florida, with the University of Florida struggling mightily, does that give uh, the U any chance of snapping their recruits? Because, you know, the Knowles are doing very good. And, you know, in general, going forward towards um, the deadline in February, what does this mean and what can uh, Miami do going forward with us? Yeah, I mean, I would say yes if you're not sitting there right now today with 26 commitments. I mean, well, how many, I don't know how many kids they're going to be able to fit into this class. I mean, it, it's got to be getting pretty crowded. I mean, I don't know, you know, the, if the number's going to end up being 27, 28, 29, 30, whatever they, they find that they could squeeze in as they work with the NCAA on the sanctions and everything else. But, I mean, I mean, how many guys from Florida are you going to go snag? You know, I'm not even sure they're recruiting Dalvin Cook that seriously right now. You know, I mean – you know, there's just only so many scholarships they have to give. Does this mean that they might reevaluate that just because now they might be able to get players that they didn't thought they didn't think they had a chance? I don't. I don't think so, to be honest. I don't, I don't think that that's a huge factor for this recruiting class. Um, I think it will be for 2015. I, I think Miami, if they continue winning and finish with you know 10, 11, 12 wins at the end of the year, is going to be a hot team in spring recruiting. And um, the 2015, you know, could could be a great, great, great recruiting year for Miami. Um, I think 2014 is is what you see is what you get um, to a great extent right now. I think there will there will be some more additions. Obviously, um, there might even be one or two guys that drop off beyond there right now that are replaced by other kids. But there's not going to be an enormous amount of movement with this recruiting class. I don't think. Okay, Gary. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, Let's see. Let's go now to the 954, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How are you doing? Doing good. How are you doing? This is Dee from Fort Lauderdale. just want to tell you that I, I, I uh, you have some good points and good topics. And uh, moving forward today, it's a good day for the Canes Nation. Uh, I'm sure everyone feels some type of relief so we can move forward and leave the drama behind. But I have some few questions. Uh, first question I have is with the recruiting. Uh, I read a couple articles on this guy. I don't know if you're aware of. His name is Sony Michelle. Have you uh-huh. heard of this guy? Of course. All right. Well, what I've heard is that he's a commit to Georgia. To Georgia, and correct. Yeah, and he's considering now going back to Miami as far as entertaining it. Is that true? I mean, there's been some scuttlebutt that he might come down for a game. Uh, I think it's premature to really get too carried away with it and say that he might defect from Georgia and go back to Miami. Um, but there's a long time to February. So I think you just got to see. I mean, you know, Miami's already got Yearby, who's a very similar type of back to Sony Michelle. And, um, you know, they're trying to get some bigger backs. They really need a good big, big back on this roster. So they're looking at a Leonard Fournette. They're looking at a Bo Scarborough. Um, I, I think you got to wait and see what happens there. Uh, you know, way too speculative right now. Right, right. All right, good. And then um, just uh, just uh, my expectations uh, as far as earlier this year is uh, always ACC championship. Uh, I'm sure we all. Um, but you know, I, I like the fact that you know Al Golden is keeping his players a game by game. Hello, we lose you. All right, call back. Um, oh, there you Hello? are. 
Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, what? we lost you for a minute. Go ahead. Oh, okay, we lost okay, you after you said Al Golden. From pick up from where you were. Yeah, with so Al Golden. Al Golden here. He's keeping his players on track on a game game situation, which I like the mindset. Keeping these players understanding that you know because you have a, a number seven ranking doesn't mean anything. But my expectations for the Canes this year is ACC championship. I mean, if we win it out, if we run the table towards the end of the year. Um, I mean, yeah, you can start considering a national championship, but it's just right now ACC. But the Florida State game, I understand we have Wake Forest to, to first handle, um, which we should win. Uh, but Florida State, if you were had or you would have to suggest the key factors of the game um, on the offensive side and the defensive side, how would you play Jameis Winston? How would you play Well, this? I mean, yeah, I've, I've, I've mentioned that earlier. I'll, t- I'll touch on it really quick. I want to save that for next week. But, you know, Winston, in my opinion, you have to pressure him. Uh, if you let him just sit in the pocket, he's going to pick you apart. He sees the field great, um, has just been way beyond his years the whole year. I think offensively they're going to have to be physical and, and run the football. But um, let's talk more about Florida State next week. Um, you know, please call oh, okay, back yeah, next, yeah. Next, yeah, call back next Tuesday right. night, and, and we'll go nuts on the Florida State game, all right? Okay, sounds right. good. And another thing, before before you go, one more last question. Um, with the health we have, uh, as far as our team health, we haven't touched that topic. Uh, Duke Johnson, they said that he's uh, clear. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. Um, he's fourth set, six weeks. Now, what's the status on Rashawn Scott? Is he returning? Yes, he should be back this weekend. Okay, well, that's good. And um, who else was injured? Uh, uh, Casey Rogers, is he... Have not heard definitively on him, but I don't think he was hurt too bad. Okay, okay. All right, Gary, continue the good show, and we'll talk next week. I'll talk to the Florida State topic with you, okay? All right, good, good enough. Thanks for calling. Uh, let's go now to the um, the three four seven, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hello. <laughs> Hey, guys, the guys that are listening, you can't listen on your computer and the phone at the same time because the phone's going to be a, a few seconds ahead because of the delay. Are you with us? All right. Uh, we'll get back to that one. All right. Let's go now to the um, – let's go to the 770 where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hello? You there? All right. Um You'll have to call back. Uh, let's go now to the 678, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Everyone's falling off all of a sudden. All right. Let's try the um, the 954, where you're now live on Kane Gary. Sport Live. There you are. How are Gary, you? Gary, what's happening, my man? How you doing? We're doing good. How you doing? <laughs> Blake, Blake from, uh, from Coral Springs. I call you every week. All right, Blake. What's uh, happened? Question. No, I got a couple shout outs to my to my cousin Billy Funny Bunny Bun up in Chicago, and then uh, a buddy up in Canada, New York. You know, listening. Uh, a couple questions. I just hate these people talking about the Florida State game when we got a decent weight team coming into town that can just ruin the whole season. I don't. I don't get why people keep talking. I'm trying about to slow them down. <laughs> I'm trying hard, man. I'm trying to slow them everybody down. God, I hope I hope that's not how the I hope that's not how these players feel about it because it's making me nervous. Everyone talking about Florida State when we, you know, this Wake team isn't bad at all, and they're going to give us a run for our money if we play like we did Thursday night. Yeah, I don't think they will though. I yeah. think the Hurricanes will play much better this week. 
right. And now, you know, with Dorsett out, I need, you know, like, and I know we said that Rashawn Scott's back. How healthy and how, you know, how much can he contribute with him being out for so long and everything? I mean, you can't really rely on someone like that to, you know, step in. Well, right? I mean, how do you feel? No, no, you might be able to. You know, I mean, he, he had a shoulder. Um, he hurt his shoulder. He's been out since the FAU game, right? So um, that was seven weeks ago, I think now. So I guess, I guess you know, he, he could probably stay in shape, right? Yeah, I mean, you could run. You know, I, I mean, he he should he should be good to go. I think this week. I mean, we'll know more once the game starts. Obviously, and they throw him out there, but um, I don't see any reason why he can't you know start getting back into it this week. All right, no doubt. And then um, I guess it's pretty much all I got. Happy about the about the news with the NCAA. You know, the blessing at this point. And um, hopefully, we can get a big crowd out there Saturday. Uh, I know those high noon games are tough, but. No, you know, it's going to be a huge crowd. The university bought all the tickets for their employees. It's employee day, and they sold them for a dollar to all the employees. They're, they're I think, 7,000 shy of a sellout. You know, there should be 60,000 people there. Yeah, I'm excited, man. So let's go Canes, and um, we'll talk about, you know, the most overrated program next year or next week. And <laughs> all right. uh, see if we can knock, you know, quarterback out. Talk to you later, Kerry. All right, talk to you next Tuesday. All right, let's see. Let's go now. Um I want to see if anyone's been on hold for a while. Let's go to the uh, 601, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Roy, at Horn Lake, Mississippi, just across What's the up, Roy? Tennessee line. All yes, right. sir. First-time caller. Oh, Call thanks for joining us. Man. Yeah. Yes, sir. I'm excited, exuded. I told a friend of mine in Miami today that today's the most exciting day since my wedding. 33 years ago. <laughs> uh, I have a few questions for you. And by the way, I retain sports every day. Every day. Oh, thank you. We appreciate you. Uh, I've got three questions for you. Where do we stand with JoJo Robinson, the receiver? Man, that's you know that's a great question. I mean that that kid, I, I can't that one I can't figure out. It's been so quiet on his front. Um, I'm kind of shocked, to be honest with you, that he hasn't flipped to Miami by now. Um, I really thought mm-hmm. he would. Um, but like I've been saying all night, the class is starting to get tight, man. It's like some guys just are not going to get in. You know, the coaches don't mm-hmm. stop recruiting. And if kids don't commit, they're all over the place. I mean, you saw they picked up a defensive tackle today um, who's yes. out on the West Coast that came out of nowhere. I mean, yesterday we went to said that kid was going to commit. So, so, you know, they're, they're going. They're working it. You know, they're not waiting around, I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, another question: How many receivers do you think we are going to take this year? Um, as many good ones as they can get. I, I would guess at the end, four or five. You know, I mean, they need receivers bad. You know, they're starting right. these, the receivers that are there now are starting to get a little older, and um, they need to restock that position this year. Now, I'm going to throw a hot question at you, and I've been hounding this kid for the last two years. And he has begun to shine. And my question to you is, do you think Dallas Crawford should be starting? No, absolutely not. Um, Dallas Crawford is a great, great number two running back. Uh, well, he's he's made himself into a great number two running back. Um, you know, I would have predicted Clements would have been ahead of him at this point, but, you know, Clements got banged up a little bit. Um, both of them mm-hmm. are very high-quality backups. 
they cannot compare to Duke Johnson. And to me, the key is the coaches got to can do a little bit better, get a little more strategic with Duke, um, kind of like what they did last year when they had Mike James on the roster and and he, stop it. You know, he just he's not doing well when he has to pick up. You know, blitzers and things like that. He he doesn't have very good technique in blocking. He's getting his head in the way way too much. I think this is the second time this year he's got knocked out of a game blocking a defensive end. You know, coming on the pass rush. So, um, I I think that they will. I think the Duke will start being used a little bit more strategically. I think they'll play Dallas Crawford and Edward Clemens a little more because they did so well against North Carolina. But make no mistake, those guys are backups. They're not starters. Uh, do you think that Dallas though is more physical than Duke? He is on the goal line. I don't like Duke on the goal line at all. You know, I like Duke in the mm-hmm. middle of the field, uh, coming out of your own territory. I don't like the way Duke runs on the goal line. Um, I don't think he's a good goal line runner. I don't think he's a physical guy like that. And I think they need to use other guys. I was hoping that mm-hmm. Gus Edwards would fill that role by now, but clearly that's not going to happen. Right. Right. Uh, another question. Uh, do you think we should be using Duke less on kickoff returns? Um, no. Why? He's so great at it. Like, you know, and he, that's not where he's, that's not where there's issues, you know. You know, I, uh, I mean, seem, I mean, okay, uh, you seem to be, to be suggesting to me that, uh, uh, okay, with his liability in terms of getting hurt with the, the migraine headache. Yeah. yeah, but people aren't getting, they're not getting clean shots. They're not getting clean shots yeah. on him on kickoff returns. He's good now on kickoff returns. Yes. Oh, yes, he is. I don't deny that. But uh, with his value to the team and putting him on kickoff, uh, you expose him to more vulnerability in terms of possibly getting hurt. I guess you do. I guess you do to a point. I mean, you know, yes. I mean, you you know, you probably do to a point, but I don't think that they should stop using them there. Because you know, the person I like to see them work into that role is Artis Burns. Artie Burns, yeah, he could be. He, he yes. could potentially do well in that role. Mm-hmm. That's a fast, mm-hmm. explosive kid. Yep, Stacy Coley. Sure. You know, obviously yes. could fill that yes. role. Um, Dorsett's mm-hmm. hurt now, um, so he right. can't do. You know, Duke, you know, so, yeah, I mean, you might see Artie Burns get a, get a few more reps. Okay. All right? Well, anyway, yes, sir, just last, one last comment. I do expect the Canes to explode this weekend. <laughs> I do, too. I agree with you. I think they're going to have a real good game against Wake Forest. All right, thanks for calling. Uh, give us a call next week. We'll talk some Florida, some Florida State. All right, let's go now to the, um, the 305, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? Hello? You will? You with us? Yeah, you're on the air. Hey, um, how are you guys? This is Brandon. Doing good, Brandon. Um, I'm a big, like, uh, I watch the NFL, like, every week to see how the Canes are doing, you know. I just wanted to know, like, out of all the players on our roster right now, which ones do you see as, like, first-round picks or second-round picks? You know, pretty good draft stock. Well, all right, um... If you want to tackle that, let me just get the depth chart in front of me, and I'll shoot. I'll shoot through it uh, real fast for you. Um, starting on offense, you know, until he stunk up the stadium last week, I, I think Stephen Morris was without question um, looked at as probably a second-round draft pick. 
Um, now I'm not so sure. You know, I think he really hurt his stock the way he played last week. A lot will depend on how he finishes the season. Um, I do not think Duke is a first-round pick because of his size and, and, and physical limitations. Um, but obviously an explosive kid like that's going to get drafted, if I had to guess, second, third round. Um, Alan Hearns, I don't think he'll be a first-round pick, but I do think the NFL scouts are going to get enamored by him. And he could very easily this year you know, go in the second or third round. Um, you know, Herb Waters still young. Stacy Coley still young. We'll leave them alone. Malcolm Lewis still young. Rashawn Scott still young. Philip Dorsett was a junior who possibly might have gone out this year. Now I'm not so sure because of his injury. But I think when you look at his speed and playmaking ability, um, is he a first round pick? I'm not sure because of his size. Um, but certainly would probably figure to be like a second round pick. Um, on the offensive line, I think Brandon Linder's helping himself a lot this year. Um, he's going to go in the first few rounds. Is he a first-round pick? Probably not. Um, I think Clive Walford eventually is going to be a first-few-rounds kind of guy at a tight end. Um, the other offensive linemen, you know, nah, no, McDermott, Feliciano, no, not high. Um, they mm-hmm. might get drafted, but I don't see them going high. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, I think Anthony Chicklow is developing into a draftable player but not particularly high, you know, I just I, I don't see him being a first few rounds kind of guy, but I do think he'll be drafted. Um, Renfro and Porter, a tackle, I think unquestionably will be drafted, but are they high round picks? I don't think so. Same with Shayon Green, you know, might get a look somewhere, but and, and David Gilbert also possibly, but not high rounds. Um, there's not a lot of elite talent on this football team, if you look at it totally yeah, honestly. Yeah. There's a lot of good yeah. players, but not elite players. You know, Olsen Pierre is yeah, a junior yeah. now. You know, I don't see him being a first few couple-round guy. Um, linebackers, you know, Perriman, I think, will be a second or third round type of player. Uh, none of the other guys. Um, the um, Casey Rogers at safety, no. Um, so, really, nobody right now in the defensive backfield. I think Ladarius Gunner, yeah. if he stopped. If he stops getting caught, get you know, peeking into the backfield and getting beat like he did at North Carolina, I think he's got a chance to get drafted maybe mid rounds. Um, but that's about it, you know. I mean, not a lot of elite, elite talent on this team. It's a good football team with a lot of good players, but not a lot of elite players. Does that answer your question? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, thank you very much for that. And lastly, um I kinda like uh fell in love with Herb Waters after that long touchdown against Duke last year. And now that yep. Dorsett's injured, what do, you, what do you think about his role now? Like, He's, his um, role's he, like, going to grow. Highly, yeah, yeah. Was he highly recruited at a homestead or like mid mid level? You know, I mean, he was yeah, decently yeah. recruited, but not like I wouldn't call it highly highly recruited, but decently yeah, recruited. Yeah. Typical, you know, typical South Florida kid. Um, yeah. But his role will increase now, no question. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for your time, Gary. Appreciate it. Anytime. Hope we hear from you right. again down the road. All right, let's see. Let's shoot now out to the 929, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary. What's up? Doing good. This is BK Hurricane. All right, BK, what do you got? All right. I kind of like bring this topic up almost every week. <laughs> it's killing me. <laughs> it's killing me. The tight ends, Gary, it's it's killing me. You know, like maybe... They're there, was- man. Yeah, I know they're there, but you know, he's there. Clive, Clive Walford is there waiting, man. He he's having a great senior season. I'm not senior, junior season. Junior. He's having a great yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, he's having a great year. You know, like he optimizes his touches. You know, like you know yep. they they don't look at the tight ends often, but he's got to be averaging like close to 20 yards a catch. 
Yep. You watch. There's going to be one game where he gets the ball. He's running down the field. Yeah, there's going to be a game here. You know, I don't know if whether it'll be Florida State or Virginia Tech or something. He's going to get his. He's going to get six or seven. You watch. Yeah, you know, I'm hoping they, he gets a little bit more looks now that 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 Dorsett is out, and he's uh-huh. more. I can see him being like an escape, uh, you know, mechanism for you know, for Stephen Morris. You know, absolutely. Stephen, no Stephen is in love with his arm. He likes throwing it down the field, but half the time Clive Walford is just standing there, <laughs> you know, yep. no, you know no, waiting no doubt for a pass. It. You know, no doubt about it. I mean, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I just. I'm just a little worried that it may affect our tight end recruiting down the line. No, don't worry. You don't worry too much. I wouldn't worry too much. Yeah, because when you know, you know, when we had Jed here, you know, like the, you know, it seemed like the tight ends were like very integral in our offense. They were like, significantly you know, different. No, yeah, I don't agree. Yeah, yeah, Not that different. Yeah, be, you you so? know, the wide receivers are just so explosive. You know, they're, they've just been using the wide receivers a lot. But you know, you know, Dorsett's hurt now. You know. You, you're going to have to mix it up. You can't do everything the same every game. There's going to be some games here, I guarantee, where Clive Walford has, has a big role. Yeah, okay. I, um, I, really, uh, I really believe that. I hope so. I hope so. I, I would love to see him just explode against, you know, you know who, but we'll talk about them next week. You got it. <laughs> but um, one other thing. Uh, the kid from Texas that we were trying to get last year, the wide receiver Griffith. Have you heard anything about him? Is he still trying to get himself qualified? Or, I think he's you know? trying, but I don't think it's looking real good. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't hold my breath there. I just, you know, I mean, Miami did a great job of laying out with him and Devontae Bond exactly what they had to do to get in, and they didn't get it done. And you know, I just don't know. You know, that kid is so such an elite athlete that if they can get him in, I think they will. But no predictions right now. Nothing. What about the other kid, Lock, Lockley or Loxley? Whatever yeah, same, same deal. You just got to wait and see if they get it done academically, and then they then there's got to be a spot for them. Wow, that's that's not. We'll good. know more if they're coming in. I would think it would be December, so we'll know more next month. Oh right, 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 right. That's about right. Uh, one other question, like with the NCA, you know, you know, I got the news today. I'm I'm driving home from work, and and you know, just flick on my phone real quick. And you know, not that. Do you feel that the nine scholarships are like a cop out? Like, like the NCAA no. just felt like they had to give us something. I think they were you know, fair. They're like, let's just give and, them and, nine and, if, and just be I done think with if it. If it was much more than that, Miami was going to appeal or sue them. And I don't yeah. think they wanted to go in that direction. You know, I think. Right. You know, I think that they felt that this would be an acceptable level that Miami would take these penalties, which they will. And. Mm-hmm. um it worked out for everybody, and everybody can move on now. And people will debate it for a day or two, but by the weekend, everyone will focus will be back on games, and they'll move on. Okay, one last question um, about uh, Brad Kaya, this quarterback that we have like committed to us now. You know, yep. I know a lot of I know a lot of guys are high on him, but you know, like from you know, pretty much just from what I've been reading around, you know, I you know I subscribe to a lot of these you know magazines and things of that nature, and uh, for some reason, people are already counting out, you know, that kid Olsen, like Kevin Olsen, like, uh, you know, this, this is, you know, Kevin Olsen is there, but he's, you know, but when Kaya comes in, he's I don't really going to so. do something. Kaya's just a hot recruit this year. I don't think anyone's well, counting anybody in or out. I don't think anybody well, knows what's going to happen, you know? Right. And just to read it just kind of pissed me off because Kevin Olsen was an elite quarterback. He's an elite quarterback. You know, yeah, and, and, you, know you noticed last week. Last week they left Gray Crow home. 
and took Kevin Olson on the road trip. And uh, um, so that, that means he's doing better in practice. You know, they were trying to light a little fire on him. Um, I noticed, I noticed that. It's going to be a good competition this spring. Yeah, you know, as long as he believes in the program, like like Al Golden likes to say, just trust. You just want the pro- best guy to win, man. If Ryan Williams is better, you want Ryan Williams to win because you want the best guy out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I would like to see Ryan Williams because just for the fact that he's an older guy, mature. But if yeah, Kevin Olsen beats him, yay, you know, I'm with you. Know, you know, I'm with may the, be- may the best man win, you know? May the best man win. But listen, Gary, I'm going to give you a call right. next week. Yeah, call us next week. We'll talk some Florida State. All right, let's go now to the uh, 678, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? Hello, you're on the air. And I love it. What's up, homie? This T-Dog. Hey, what's up, T-Dog? I'm chilling, man, chilling, man. Hey, man, after the day, man, I had to come up out the cave, man. What's good? <laughs> Just working, man. It's been a long Just... day. Long, long few days, hey. actually. The, the caller before stole my thunder, man. I was going to ask you about Derek Griffin, man, because I've been hearing a lot of stuff about he's got the score, he got the score. I guess they're talking about his testing score. You know, he any, gets any update okay, on I'm that? sure they'll take that kid. They're not going to turn that kid. That kid is – you have no idea how good he is. Oh, dude, like, trust me, I know. I've been following him like crazy, and especially when you look at the way wide receivers are today, you think about the wide receiver that Johnny Football is throwing to. You think about the big receivers that Peyton got. You think about the big receiver, you know, Benjamin in Florida State. I'm dying for a big receiver like that, dude, just dying for yep. it. Yep, and he'll help basketball, too. So we'll see. We'll know more next month. Cool, man. So what do you think about uh, our chances uh, against Florida State? I know I, I mean, I'm not talking about Florida State this week. No, no, we're, we're going to talk Florida State next week. So i got to hit you back next week. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to talk about Florida State right now. we got we, we got a full board. People want to talk about what's going on this week. <laughs> so you, I, I heard you mention earlier that you thought that this weekend is going to be a big weekend against Wake Forest. You think we're going to look better than we did against UNC? I do. I do. I'm expecting them to have a big game this weekend. Okay, that's I what's think up. One more thing before. These, they see what's on the horizon, you know? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. One more thing before I go, just always remember, Fat Cuda undefeated, baby. All right. And I love it. We'll, all right, we'll talk to you again next week. All right, homie. We'll talk, we'll, we'll talk about those knolls next week. All right, let's go now. <laughs> <laughs> let's go now to the, um, the 239, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hello, you're on the Hey, air. what's up? This is Carlos. Hey, what's, hey, what's up, going Carlos? On? This is Carlos. Yeah, we're doing good. Not much. Doing, Carlos? Um, nah, doing good. I mean, as a Kings fan, I mean, I still remember sitting in my living room when I was watching ESPN, and then all of a sudden, we have some news from the U. And the <laughs> whole Shapiro thing came out, and I was like, are you serious? And all of a sudden, now, two and a half years later, it's like, I don't know. I just honestly, today was like kind of we just won a big game, you know, a huge game, and everybody just wants to talk about the big win. Um, yeah, it really has I'm excited, like you know. It, yeah, I mean, I just hope that, that recruiting, you know, I know that there's a lot of kids out there that are, you know, feeling dumb that they didn't, you know, come to the U. I know Alex Collin has to be feeling stupid that he's in Arkansas getting beat pretty bad every year. I mean, every game instead of being with us now. So, and there's got to be a couple that, that, that one, Yeah, that, that was a, that was not pretty dumb. And I don't see it getting better. I mean, they're probably going to go, you know, six and six for the next two, three years. So, I don't know what he was thinking, but um, yeah. my 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 whole thing, and I know I understand the last couple of years with recruiting is, don't these kids, don't these kids from South Florida understand that if they all just stayed at the U, if they all decided to just play for the home team, 
that they would be winning championships every other year and or playing for championships every other year? I mean, why do they, you know, go to other schools? I know playing time has something to do with it. I know other factors. But, I mean, don't they just get it? Don't they get that if they just stay here, why go to Alabama to where, you know, somewhere you've never been in your life and win a championship for them where you could just, you know, bring one home every single year? You know, I think you've had a decade where you didn't take care of business, and that, and that opened the door for a lot of these other schools to come in with negative recruiting. Um, you know, I think that, you know, when Randy Shannon got fired, the South Florida community was very polarized. You know, I, you know, I think that um, there was, you know, some issues there that have made it difficult for Al Golden the first few years. But, you know, I think Al Golden's doing the job. You know, he's given them a program that they can be proud of. I, I think that you know, you're seeing this transition taking place and, and more and more of the local kids are staying home. And, um, you know, I, I think it'll be fine, you know, in the big picture. No, I, I, I personally believe that party is over for Florida. The party's over for Florida State. All these kids that were going to Alabama, LSU, Florida State, and I'm telling you, he's going to lock down Miami. I mean, look what he's doing with all this. Imagine what he can do without the shadow of, you know, the Shapiro scandal over him right now, the cloud. I mean, honestly, I'm very excited. This season's been a a season of validation. It's a season of validation. Yes, it has. And I'm not not worried at all. I will talk Florida State next week, but honestly, I'm not worried about Florida State. All right. You know, they look good one game. Other games didn't look good. We will. We will. All right. Well, you take care, man. Thanks, Thanks for calling. All right, let's go now to the um, the six seven eight where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hello, you're on the air. All right, let's switch over now to the um, the nine seven three where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey Gary, what's going on? We're doing good. How are you doing? Hey, hey let me. I, I call because I, I want to beat this dead horse, and um, I um. <laughs> when I called the first time you had the show, I brought up the offensive line. But let me just throw this in there. The guy was saying the party's over for Florida State, Florida. I also want to put out there it's over. It is over for Clint Hurt. It is a wrap for him. So it's over Why? for Louisville because we are going to make sure those guys can't come in our backyard and do nothing anymore. Well, you can't take everybody. I mean, there's plenty of players hey, down here. I want here. everybody. I yeah, I don't, every, I, uh, I don't think it's I over think for Louisville. I don't think it's over for Louisville at all. I think it's over for them. I think we went. We, we won. I think that's something that Golden is looking at. And I think once they got Clint Hurd out of there, he's going to have to stop coaching for a while. He's not out of there. No. no, no, no. But I heard today, no, he's not. but they say, but they say no. he's going to have to show just cause. Let me that stop you. That wasn't accurate. Let okay, me stop because yeah, this was something ahead, I wanted to um, I wanted to get it into this on the show tonight anyway. So um, you know, okay. work with me here for a minute. Um, t- tonight, Louisville Athletic Director Tom Jurich came out and supported Clint Hurt. He said that Louisville is going to keep him on staff. Um, I have the audio that I had the audio sent to me right before the show. Let me play it for you right now, and, and you'll hear what Tom Jurich had to say, and then I'm going to play for you what Clint Hurt had to say. So hold on for a minute. Okay. Well, what I did, Rick, is I, I looked at all the unusual circumstances around this situation. Uh, this happened at the University of Miami five, six, seven years ago. Uh, we've only had a chance to judge Clint for four years that he's been with us. It'll be four years at the end of the season. Uh, what we've seen here is he's been a model citizen. He's been a model for compliance. He's done everything we've ever asked him to do above and beyond. 
Uh, he's been great on the field. He's been great off the field. So I, that, that played a, a lot into my decision, weighed a lot into my decision. Uh, I think he's learned from his mistakes. Uh, to the best of his recollection, he was open and honest to everybody involved. You know, that's probably up for debate with the NCA, obviously. But that's the way he felt. Um, that's all we've asked him to do. So what I'm doing is I'm putting great faith into what his future is going to be like. He's been heavily penalized since last, uh, I believe it was last March. Uh, those penalties are past, they're current, and they're future. So he's going to be under some very, very difficult restrictions, uh, not only financially, but educationally. And, uh, and he understands that, and I think he's ready to meet the challenge. The NCAA's finding is that he was not truthful in the June hearing, which was obviously employed by the university. How does that weigh into this, and how do you just... It does weigh into that. It, it weighs into it heavily, and I think that's probably the, the biggest issue. Uh, I take Clint at face value. I really believe from what I've seen in the four years that he's been here, he's been very truthful. He's been very honest. And I think he went in, he went in open and honest to those meetings. I know he looked forward to those meetings with the NCA. There was no question about that. He even requested those. Did you ask him about the, the situation at the restaurant, whether that in fact happened? Right. And his story is a little bit different than theirs. Same stories, though. Don't get me wrong. But his is a little different than their variation. Did you consider appealing or going forward on any of those issues point by point? No, Eric, I think what we want to do is put it behind us. Uh, we have great respect for the NCA. We have great respect for the Committee on, on Fractions. Uh, we know there was issues. We think we can work through them. You know, we're going to hold Clint to the highest standard possible, and we think he'll deliver on it. Can you talk about any measures you went to as far as early on, if you could, determine his trustworthiness or what his story was, in fact? Well, when, when, this, when this all broke and he got back to the Nevin Shapiro incident, he, he laid out all of it to us about how that all came down and how it worked. He was a young coach that made young mistakes, and, and as he's matured, I think he's grown out of those. All right, that was um, Tom George, Louisville's athletic director, talking about Clint. And now um, okay, well, I'm going to play. I'm going to play for you real quick what Clint Hurd had to say. Um, really interesting. Okay, well, You'll sure. see how. I, I, can I have to say this before you play? I still yeah. think that I still think that he we should now negative recruit against him because he was one of the main guys that would come down to South Florida and never 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 recruit against Miami. So no, that's not out I'm a listener. Al Golden's not going to negative recruit against anybody. I just want to but shut li- him out. I just want to well, shut listen, him out. Well, listen, listen, listen to him for a minute here and see what he had to say and how apologetic he was, and then see if that changes your opinion. Okay. Uh, first things first. Um, I want to apologize for uh, this last two and a half to three years um, of all this ongoing investigation. I apologize to the University of Miami. Uh, for my involvement uh, in this matter. And obviously, it's my alma mater, and I love the university and always will, and uh, always going to be uh, forever grateful uh, for my role in this. I apologize to the University of Louisville and our fans and everyone out here that supports our program uh, with just you know the negative vibe that is brought here. Uh, at the same time, I'm very appreciative and thankful to Tom Jurich and Coach Strong and President Ramsey for their unwavering support uh, throughout this entire process. Um, although I'm not... Uh, very uh, happy about what the obvious uh, outcome was. Um, I do believe, you know, you always should be held accountable for your actions. Uh, there's things that obviously I admitted to. Uh, I'm not going to go into great detail about that, uh, but I, I, I admit, you know, the mistakes that I made, and I definitely will take accountability for those actions, and I believe that all people should. Uh, I went out, and I was truthful. 
about what I said. Um, obviously, there's some disagreement, and, that, and that's fine. Uh, but I was truthful from the get-go. Didn't change my story. Uh, didn't do anything of that matter. You know, my whole purpose of going into this was to be truthful and get get everything off my back. I know I made mistakes. I wasn't trying to hide anything, and uh, and was willing to leave, live with any repercussion there was that come with it. So, uh, but whatever you know, the decision that they made, I have to respect it. That doesn't mean I have to like it. It doesn't mean I have to agree with it. But uh, I accept all the accountability for it because that's. You know, that's what I believe in, and I was wrong, and I made mistakes, and I owned up to that. Now, I have a lot of respect for Clint for, for standing up in front of the media and, and making that statement. And, uh, okay, you know, I think, I think well, you know, you know what, Gary? Okay, I'll go ahead and take, you know, I'm sure the University of Miami is accepted as apologies and the fans, but um, I'm looking at, at the end of the day, the bottom line, and the kids that he was able to come through and pull. I'm not talking about Teddy. I'm talking about guys like the kid Burgess. Guys that we could use today, obviously his talent, his talent is very good, and we could use him right now. We probably would be able to play him instead of the kid Blue. We can't even get the kid Blue on the field, and I think Burgess was better. We would have yeah. been able to use him, his talent right now on that field. But let me well, maybe. something else. I'm yeah. gonna let you go ahead. I'm gonna let you go ahead and talk about him after. I want to. I want to call. I'm gonna talk about what I really called called you for a couple of things. Um, I've always been trying to push McDermott out of that starting lineup. And I think Jared Wheeler has earned the right to start against Wake Forest and to get himself ready for when he's going to have to deal with the guy that he's going to see in Wake Forest and also the guys that he's going to face at Florida State. I still cannot believe we are still starting McDermott at the, at, at the center position. I think, me personally, I think it has something to do with the fact that his brother is coming. And he also have another. Uh, I think he has yeah. a sister that's going to play like a particular sport at the school. Now you might yeah, not I agree don't with that's me, but I'm just telling you, I don't like the fact that he's a starter. He may know the calls on the offensive line, but I think Jared Willis can make those calls too. I think he gets tremendous push. I think our running game is much better, and the gaps are up the middle when he's in there at the center spot. Shane McDermott get pushed around, Gary. He really, really did. Well, they've been they've been playing Wheeler still the guard. You know, Wheeler's been getting some burn at guard, and, you know, McDermott did struggle a little bit at North Carolina. Uh, and, you know, but, but that's unless not the we, first time I've seen him do that. I mean, he's doing that. I mean, we could go to the tapes. We, you could pick about two or three games where he get his behind kick. Well, you'd he have to look at every play, though. You know, Art Kehoe looks at every play and, and, and evaluates, and if he feels that Jared Wheeler's playing better, he's going to put Jared Wheeler in. You know, we don't have to well, debate I hope it. They I hope they hurry up and do that. A couple more points. Um, I was feeling real good about the, um, the decision today for just only taking nine scholarships from us, but uh, I really didn't know that they was going to restrict them kids from getting on campus and coming to the game. And Yeah, um, that's a tough, that, you know, think, no one's talking about that. That one I think a lot of people are sleeping there, on but... that. I think a lot of people are sleeping on that. That's going to hurt us. Oh, that, that's I mean, I don't us. think it'll hurt you in, in terms of losing recruits. But that's a significant penalty. I mean, you know, uh, having those well, kids come Well, it does hurt us when you could just – usually you could tell a kid that he could just drop by anytime. Usually kids, they could just drop by. They could come through the gates anytime they want. I don't care what time of the day. Now that they cannot do that, you know, usually we used to make that up with, like, barbecues or maybe junior day, and um, they could come to a game. If it's a basketball game. We could get them on campus. Now, the fact that they only allowed to come around one time, if I if think I'm hearing you right, I think that's a major, 
one unofficial, one official. Yep, one unofficial, one official. That's yeah, going to hurt. That, to me, that's going to hurt. You know, I agree. One last that's thing, and I get off. Now listen here. Highsmith. One particular play against the Carolina, in the Carolina game, the tight end almost caught the ball right there at the goal line. Highsmith never made a play on that ball. I don't trust him back there, Gary. I really don't. No, he's, he's average. Think, he's very average. They just, thought, they just haven't been that. able to get him out of there. You know, Deion Bush's uh, physical problems and, and mental problems, too, have, you know, kept Highsmith playing a lot of football. Um, I, I think that they're going to need to get Deion Bush in there more, though, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's time because um, he's number 30. I don't even want to – I love his um, daddy, but <laughs> 30, I can't recall about his name. He needs to be out of there. He needs to be a bench warmer real fast. All right. got some very important games coming up. And uh, that's how I feel about it, guys. Appreciate your time, man. All right. We'll talk to you again next week. All right. Let's go now to the um, 813, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hello? Yep. You're on the air. Hello? Yes, sir. Hey, Gary. How are you doing today? Doing good. Hey, I have uh, just a few recruiting questions. I'm glad this uh, NCAA section is behind us so we can move forward. Uh, Brandon Harris' little brother, Teron Harris, he's a quarterback for Booker T. Washington. Uh-huh. He's willing to go to Miami if they only uh, give him a scholarship a quarterback. Do you see that happening? No. No, because I don't. Because he's just too short. Well, Florida yeah, State is giving him a scholarship. They don't. But. They evaluated him as a, they think he's a position player. They don't think he's a quarterback. They they like the other quarterbacks they've got committed, um, Kaya and Rozier. And unless mm-hmm. one of those two drops off, and now they need a quarterback at the last minute, no, I don't think that's going to happen. So am I recruiting as just an athlete or a DB? Yeah. Um, okay. Receiver or DB, yeah. Okay, my other question uh, is, first name is Allen, last name is E-D-O-U-A-R-D. He was originally yeah. a, uh, committed to us. He decommitted. They had an article in the Miami Herald said he was trying to recommit back to Miami but couldn't get a hold to Al Golding or uh, Yeah, no, Stacey I don't Coley. see that happening. Uh, Same deal. Same deal. The, mm-hmm. You know, they, they they like the other quarterbacks better. When they when they took the commit from Malik Rozier after Edward had already mm-hmm. committed, that told you everything you needed to know. You know, they just they got somebody okay. better. You know, or that they feel is better. So Miami just don't want his commitment back. Basically. I don't believe so. I don't believe so. Okay, my last question is now that uh, the Alex, the sanctions behind us, Anthony Moten, who decommitted from Florida, what's the chance of us getting him on with the Miami Hurricanes? I think they're good. I'm not quite sure why he hasn't committed yet, but I think they're good. All right. Well, thank you right. for your time. And I can but he better hurry up. He better hurry up because they just picked yeah. up a defensive tackle today. You know, they're not waiting. You know, Al Golden is not going to wait anymore. He got burned last year with those mm-hmm. guys. And he's not waiting anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they they took a defensive tackle commit today. So, um, guys, well, you think stop because waiting. he lost. Well, you think because he lost Kyrie Clark that he was the other guy? On our on our no. board, and maybe they may be holding a scholarship for him. No, I think Kari, you know, Kari Clark's a good player, but he's not. You know, you have a lot of good players. You know, you you got a commitment from Valentine, yeah. who's very good. I mean, right? Yeah. Everybody's mm-hmm. not coming to the U, so you know, the, these yeah. coaches don't mess around. They're recruiting the whole country. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thank you for your time, Gary. All right. We'll All talk right. to you again next week, hopefully. All right. Let's shoot out now to the eight one four. Where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing? Actually, it's five six one. I'm sorry. Hello, hey, Gary. There. 
Yep. You're on Gary, the air. Are you there? Yep. Hey, buddy. Actually, really close friends with Malik Rozier's father and actually took the recruiting trip down there with him. And uh, he's telling me we have a heck of a quarterback coming in, and he is going to be the bomb. What's your, yeah, what's I know Miami on like, obviously likes him a lot. You know, they took a commit from him, so. Yeah, he actually, uh, he's going to be a baseball player, too. I don't know if he's going to do both there, but uh, he's supposed to be a heck of a catcher. And um, that never uh, they really that. like him. Okay, yeah, David I know. He's going to do both, too. Yeah, I know. He, he, he's going to do the same thing. But, uh, yeah, they say that he throws real well, well on the run. Uh, he's got some pretty good size. And, he's, he, and according to his last game, I guess he ran for uh, over 100 yards and a couple touchdowns. So he's got some running ability as well. Yep, he's athletic. He's smart. Very, very good football smarts. Um, I like him. What about uh, Brad Kaya? What do you, what's your feelings on him? Um, very good prospect. You know, your your classic you know pocket passer. Right. Um, yeah, I, th- right. I think he's a good t- he's a good take. You know, U- USC and UCLA are trying to get in late on him, but you know, I, I, it looks like he's going to stick with Miami. Right, right. And what do you, what do you think so far about our, our defensive tackle um, depth now? Now we got a couple of the JUCOs coming on for next year. I, I like that they're bringing in the JUCOs. You know, I, I, you, you're, yeah. you're losing Luther Robinson. You're losing Curtis. You're losing Justin Renfro. They need immediate help at that position. Um, they got the one commit today, and I think they'll look for another older type guy to bring in. You think they're going to use Joanie Hamilton down low, or are you gonna, they're going to put him more on yeah. the end? No, I, I think he'll end up being a tackle. Okay, do they like him still? Or? Yeah, I think he's coming along good. I think he'll factor into the rotation next year. Really good, really good. Okay, well, thanks for talking to me, Gary. All right, anytime. Um, hopefully we'll hear from you again next week. All right, now let's go out to the 814, where you're now live on King Sport Live. Gary. Yes, sir. Kane's the win. Good day What's for up, us. Man? How you doing? Not much. Uh, basically, uh, just want to say it was a good day. Uh, Dad was happy. I was happy. He's a graduate of the U. Um, pretty much got a lot of text messages from a lot of Penn State fans saying that we got a slap on the wrist. Um, I don't believe that. Now, ESPN bottom line states that we lose nine scholarships over three years. The national media at this point is stating what our sanctions are now. But in depth, can you tell us a few things in one minute segment what we've already went through that are worse than the bottom line? If you had a one minute segment on ESPN right now, which Dan Levitard really went through it really well, if you could explain to us what we've already went through and just thrash it out, and it's been brutal, explain to me. Well, you know, you've lived two and a half years under the cloud of this investigation. You've taken two bowl bans, which has made kids that had nothing to do with anything stay home and miss the postseason, which is a big part of any kid's college football uh, career. Um, you've had to deal with all sorts of negative recruiting for the last couple of years that undoubtedly has cost you recruits. Um and the whole program has basically been under this cloud, and now it's gone. So it's a good development. All right. So, I mean, as far as, like, I understand, like, how the NCA says they don't want to compare cases or whatever, but, 
Like, how would you compare our case to a Penn State case? I mean, I'm looking for, like, I don't have any argument here with, you know, I'm getting text right. messages. I'm getting blown up all day, and I'm just like, get away. Hey, you, you, you and I both. <laughs> No, no, they're they're, they're right. They, you don't compare cases. You can't compare Penn State, which I don't think ever should have been an NCAA case, but that's a whole other debate. You don't compare what happened at Penn State to what happened at Miami. You don't compare what happened at USC to what happened at Miami. You don't compare to what happened at Ohio State to what happened at Miami or Oregon or Alabama or anywhere else. Every case stands on its own feet, has its own circumstances, its own issues and facts. And I think that when he said that, he was 100% correct. And I honestly, like, today was, like, and, like, a couple other callers that called in. I mean, like, it was a good day. Like, I was just, like, <laughs> I was pumped, man. I was, like, I'm ready uh, I'm ready to, for the Canes to come to Pittsburgh. I'm ready to see them hurricane warning flags in 30-degree weather. I know we got a lot of games before that, but, like, I, that that's the vision I had. I'm, like, I'm excited to, like, shake hands with the Canes, the U., and, you know, that's how I felt. You know, I went down to D.C. to watch uh, the March Madness. And, you know, even though we lost, it was just a good family moment. And today, like, I think we all experienced, like, a a close-knit family moment, but not really. We didn't win a game, but we, we won something, and the handcuffs were off. And, like, I felt relieved. And I hate to say this, but, like, college football, like, runs my life. <laughs> <laughs> I love the U. Yeah, well, you, I love you it. I have, my connection is my dad. I mean, he's a graduate. I mean, I never went to school there, but like, it's a big deal, man. And yes, it is. It's, it's a big deal to a lot of people. And and today, unquestionably, was a huge day for Miami fans. And t- take a look at my picture, bud. There's 90 cases of Miller Lite there. I'm going to keep drinking and uh, enjoy the rest of this day. And thanks, Gary, for having me on. All right, man. Call back <laughs> next week. All right. Uh, thanks, bud. All right, thank you. All right, let's go now out to the um, the 305, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary, how's it going? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm all right, man. I got a couple of questions for you tonight. One, what do you uh, take on the Johnny Dixon announcement on November 30th? Do you have a chance, or he's going to bolt to Alabama? Um, I I think they have a great chance. If he's going to bolt, I, I believe it's more likely to be to Ohio State um, than Alabama. But um, no, I think they have a great chance. And secondly, what do you think of the whole Sony coming for his official visit? Is it like a I smoke don't. screen or don't read too no, much into it? I, I'm not reading too much into it. You know, I think Miami needs a bigger back, right, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think they're going to turn their back on Joseph Yearby, who's been committed since day one. And I think exactly. for that second, I think for that second running back spot, they need a bigger back. I don't think they're very consumed with Sony Michelle. Exactly. And my last question is: What's up with uh, the safety Jamal Carter? How's his development coming? I think it's coming good. You know, he just has to you know learn the position as a DB. But I, I love what he's doing on special teams. I think he's been really, really solid on special teams this year. Um, and, you know, it'll be all up to him in the spring to... Yeah, because the last caller caught about a... Hello? Hello? Did we lose yeah, you? Yeah, what I was saying is... Yeah, no, no. I was saying because the last caller called about A.B. Highsmith, and I totally agree, man. We need to upgrade at that position, and I think... Uh, yeah, but, Jamal you know, Carter Jamal Carter's not... Up. He's not ready for that yet. You know, he, he's just not ready. He... he, he they would just be reaching way too much to put a, a true freshman out there like that. I mean, Artie Burns 
is furthest along of all the DBs, and you know you got to play him sparingly as well. There's, a, there's just so much that you have to really understand about the game to be out there on defense against Florida State, you know, and teams like that. Okay, well, thanks, man. I appreciate this, this call. All right, man, give give us a call next week. All right, we got about uh, 12 minutes or so of show left. We're going to try to get to as many calls as possible. Let's shoot out to the 5-1 where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, uh, this is Kibby again. Uh, just wanted to see if you could clarify uh, something related to the sanctions. Uh, something you yeah. mentioned earlier uh, popped a question in my mind. So talking about those unofficial visit sanctions. Yep. Um, you know, I read the report, and my interpretation of it meant simply that we can only provide complimentary tickets uh, to unofficial visitors for, for one game. Uh, but to me, that that means that if these guys want to buy their own tickets, oh, they can go to uh, as many games as they want. Yeah, and and, we'll, and if they do that, can they also participate in all the other perks that no. go along with being an unofficial visitor? Nope, I don't think so. Okay, yep, okay. I don't think well, so. That's I'll check that's on not that. How I interpreted. I was hoping. I was yeah, hoping I'll check that. on that, but I don't. I don't think so. Okay. All right. That's all, all right, I got. Jimmy. Thanks. We'll talk to you next all week. All right, let's go out now to the um, the 904, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hello, you're on the air. Hey, Gary. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. Just sitting here talking Kane's football with all my friends. <laughs> all right, uh, I've got a quick question. Um, uh, I know, like, today is like a new day for the Kane Nation and everything, and... um. And the Gator, what's the Gator coach, Will Muschamp? Yeah. I don't know how true it is, but I know he, I heard he was doing a whole lot of negative recruiting against us. But it seems like it's backfired on him now, you know, with it the has. season going with the Gators. <laughs> uh, yep. um, and I'm not sure how true it is, but I know when he was, when he was recruiting Tracy Howard, I heard that Tracy Howard's mother made him get out of her house because he was talking so negative about the Canes. I mean, can you kind of elaborate on that a little bit about the situation with that? Um, I'll just confirm it. You know, yes, you know, Florida and, 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 and that coaching staff has been the leader, you know, one of the leaders in the pack of negative recruiting against Miami. They're, they're desperately trying to get us, get back into South Florida and get more of these kids. Um, so that's how they're choosing, how they, how they took their shot. You know, they, they looked for that weakness and they, they, they went for it and Hey, they got a few kids committed this year. So some of it's working for them. Um, but, you know, you heard Al Golden call him out a few weeks ago, and, you know, Golden doesn't do that too often. So, you know, you know that it's something that was happening with some regularity. Oh, okay, then. Another question. Um, what do you think about uh, Coach D, the defense coordinator? I mean, do you think this is a make-or-break year for him? I mean, because it seems no. like the, the, a lot of the defense he called the vanilla defense. And I think he needs to be a little more aggressive on the defense side of the ball, you know what I mean? Just like in the, in the last part of that North Carolina game, he went to the prevent defense. I mean, the prevent doesn't work nowhere, even in popcorn. I mean, they need to just, just scratch that out of the playbook. I hate the prevent defense. I mean, what do you think about Coach D in, in this year? You think it's a make or break for him? No, I don't think it's a make or break. You know, I think he's, you know, done a pretty good job this year. I think that Defense has taken a huge step forward. Um, I do think they need to do a better job in the first half of football games 
and and show up maybe a little bit better prepared. And that's not just Coach D. That you you probably would hang that on the on the entire defensive coaching staff. Um, you know, I don't think you can continue to allow. You know, you saw it against Florida, you saw it against Georgia Tech, and you saw it against North Carolina, where the off the opposing offense was dominant in the first half of the game. Um, that's going to have to change against Florida State and, and Virginia Tech. You just can't keep spotting teams a whole half of football. Okay, that's understandable. But that's on the um, players too. Now that's not just on the coaches. That's on the coaches and the players together as a collective unit. They got to do a better job of being ready to play from the first quarter. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you. And I think Al Golden needs to get his team prepared. I mean, like we need to come out the gate striking. I mean, offense and defense. Yeah, I mean that. That's everything the, needs to be clicking. That's the goal. I mean, you know, that's the goal. I mean, but a, a, any no football team is going to play every game perfectly. I mean, stuff's going to happen. You know, yeah. you're going to have games like North Carolina. Yeah. Where everything yeah, goes I mean, wrong. Had, you know. Yeah, we we had the same thing with the BC back in BC game back in 2001. We you know Ed yep. Reed picked that ball off and. Yep. I There's mean, just like days when everything I, goes wrong, man. It's a it's a complicated game and things go wrong and other coaches yeah. do a good job and you know before you know it you're fighting for your life. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, All right. Here, well, I appreciate it, there, man. Give us a call next week. We'll talk some Florida All State. All right, let's go now to the um. The 304, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, this is Hurricane Blaze, man. I appreciate everything you do. Love getting on the uh, uh, message board. Uh, just a Thank few you. things, uh, and not a problem. Just a few things. Uh, about the way Force came, uh, we just signed a recruit, Barrows, and I, apparently they have a receiver that's similar to him that's going to be yep. able to, you know, I guess be difficult to cover. Are we going to have, like, probably someone shadow him, you think? And if we do. Do we actually have a DB that's going to be fast enough to cover him like that? Oh, yeah. The DBs are fast enough. That's not the issue. I, I'm going to be honest with you. They've canceled all the press conferences this week that's talking about Wake Forest. I have not seen Wake Forest in one game this year. Um, I've been totally focused on this NCAA thing the last few days, and I cannot tell you a thing about Wake Forest. I'm just being honest. <laughs> you know, no, maybe by the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. I have heard about the receiver you're talking about. And and there's a there's a few good players on Wake Forest and that and that coach Jim Grobe does as good a job with what he has as anybody in the country. Um, but beyond that, I, I can't I can't really talk uh, Wake Forest specifics with you from a talent standpoint and a scheme standpoint because they're never on TV down here and I and I haven't seen them. Another thing too. So when we're running the ball, I mean, do you think it's it's frustrating because I feel like we do a lot of trickery when we have the line to be able to run between the tackles and. It's just, it, it, what's your feelings on the, how we run the ball? I'm really upset about that double reverse we did. We lost to Dorsett, even well, though you're up, you're upset you hear a lot of negative stuff got hurt. Yeah, you're, you're upset because huh? Dorsett got you're upset because Dorsett got hurt. Um, I always thought it was a know, great had, play if you would put a touchdown. But yeah. right, exactly. You know, we're, <laughs> you know, we're all Monday morning quarterbacks, but <laughs> you, you know how that goes. That's part of being a football fan. But um, I love the way they've been running the ball this year. I love the way James Coley uses the running game. I think he's an offensive coordinator that understands the importance of running the football and being physical. Um, I think he does a great job of, of knowing when to shut down the aggressive passing game and focus on the run like he did in the Florida game, um, like he did in the fourth quarter at North Carolina when they pounded the ball on that last drive. And um, I, I think Miami's running game is good. I think the offensive line has done a decent job with the running game. Um, I'd like to see them be more consistent in pass protection. 
True. I just I, I think staying inside those tackles. I mean, we just eat up the yardage. And uh, but uh, you don't have a big back right now. You have to remember that they're, they're, you don't right. have a big back, and and that impacts it a little bit. Right. And every time Duke goes down, I think me, my heart, along with everyone else uh, that supports the U, their heart drops to their. Uh, yeah, it's a well. shame. You know, the kid is so explosive. I mean, he would have had 300 yards in that game the other night. Absolutely. I guess the last thing, too, uh, I, you know, I back Morris. Uh, it is frustrating because it does seem like he's off his game. Um, I am glad that he wasn't taken out of his game uh, late for the simple fact I think it takes a few uh, few uh, sets for the quarterback to actually get warmed up, and I think that would have been too late for Williams. How long into this game, if he kind of shows what he's been showing the last uh, into this last nope. game, do you think he stays all the way through? Yeah, they're not pulling Stephen Morris. No chance. Nope. He's, Stephen Morris just has to get his act together. I think he will. They are not pulling Stephen Morris. This is his senior year. It's his time. I agree. All right. I'm, 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 I'm behind him. I appreciate everything you do, Gary. I'm glad to see we're out of this, uh, this hole. And uh, just keep doing what you're doing, man. Go Canes. All right, thanks. Give us a call next week. Let's go now to the 786, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hello? Hello? Hey, how's it going, Gary? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm great. Um, as a season ticket holder and a diehard Kane fan, uh, I want to know with uh, this 2013 recruiting class we had and the uh, 2014 recruiting class for getting in, what does Miami's defense, what's the missing piece they need to become an elite defense? Well, you know, I think you're getting old at defensive tackle. Obviously, you you know, you've got three seniors in the rotation. You know, so they definitely need defensive tackles. Um, They're going to need those ends, the young ends, McCord and Muhammad, to keep developing to become every down players. Um, Guys like Jelani Hamilton, who have been showing promise, need to keep, you know, keep bringing it and and, and getting better. Um, I think they have to get better at linebacker. Um, When Denzel Perriman leaves, I think that position's in a load of trouble right now. you know, this is still a football program, unfortunately, in development. You know, defensive yeah, backs. I, I think you got to keep getting better at defensive back. Um, you know, even though you're hoping Jenkins and Bush have great junior and senior years, uh, you know, I don't think that's enough. Casey Rogers is graduating. Highsmith's graduating. Uh, so they got to keep getting better there. Um, they got to keep getting better everywhere. This is by no means a finished project here. Uh, it's it to me, it's year three of a five-year rebuild. That's my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah, all right. And uh, for my last question, Gary, um, as you know, we have uh, our senior quarterback, Morris. You know, he's leaving this year, and uh, our junior quarterback, Ryan Williams, coming in. Is there anybody on our, our quarterback uh, our list? You know, we have Brad Kaya coming in, and we have Kevin Olsen, the redshirt freshman. Um, is there anybody who can fill in Morris' spot and, you know, be the uh, the elite quarterback Miami needs? Um, I don't think we know that yet. You know, I think we got to wait and see how these guys coming in. Uh, yeah, I think we feel we could feel pretty certain that Ryan Williams, you know, even if he wins the job next year, you know, might not be the, that elite level quarterback. So you got to hope that some of these young kids coming in, whether it's Kaya or Zero Olsen, can develop and become elite. You're right. You're right. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Gary. I appreciate your time. All right. Yeah, thanks for calling. Give us a holler next week. Right. I'm going to try to fill one more one more call in here um, before we're done for the night. Um, let's go out now to the 386, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing, Gary? Doing good. All right, good. I just have one question, man. Go you, and uh, thank God that uh, for all the sanctions that we got. But 
I got one question, and it might be off base, but what about the tight ends? I mean, we got Sandlin. I mean, why don't we do a double tight end? That's just my question. You know, I think you're gonna. I think you will see it like everything else. You know, I, the the thing is, it's very hard to do everything every game. You know, and and they they definitely have two tight end sets with Sandlin. Um, I think everything's on the table for these last six games of the year. Um, I think they like to mix it up. But on that last drive, uh, North Carolina, I think Coley used, I think, six different personnel groupings just on that last drive alone. So, you know, they're trying to do a lot of things. You can't work on everything every week. Um, but I do think we'll see more of the tight ends in the second half of the season. Yeah, that was just my right. question. I mean, Sandlin just seems like it just – not that we don't have good tight ends, but Sandlin just seems like just a stud and – we have great tight ends right now. Yeah, but he's not Clive Walford. He's, no. you know, he's not, he, he's no, not he's Clive not. Walford. He's, so. And he's not the blocker that he is either. So. No. But, all right, man, I appreciate it. Go you. All right, thanks, thanks for calling. Uh, give us a shout next week. I'm going to apologize to everybody that's still on hold. Uh, what a show we've had tonight. Start to finish, phone calls, the Kane Nation stepping up, calling in. We'll, we're going to do it again next Tuesday night. Um, if you didn't get in tonight, I, like I said, I really apologize. There were some things I promised at the beginning of the show that we didn't get to. One was a full-length Blake James interview that I think is really, really good. Um, we're going to post that on canesport.com here in the next uh, five, ten minutes, so you'll be able to listen to that there, our exclusive interview with Blake James. Huge day for the Hurricanes today, You know, getting over this NCAA burden. Got the game against Wake Forest this weekend, and then we'll come back next Tuesday night, do this all over again, and we'll talk a lot of UMFSU and get ready for that big game. Thank you to everybody who participated tonight, and we'll see you next week. Go Canes.